Hello friends, Tyler here with a few quick notes on this episode. One, it's great to be back. We've taken a few months off. If you've stuck with us over that entire time, thanks. You're some real pals. Uh, secondly, this episode is about final girls and horror, and we do touch on the issue of sexual violence pretty early on in the episode. After this intro, it will be around the six minute mark. If you skip ahead to minutes nine or ten, you should be pretty good from there on out. But just a note, if you don't feel comfortable listening to this episode, totally understandable. We have another one out today. We'll be releasing episodes weekly from here on out. listening to let the right films in with feeling edition this is usually a podcast on the imdb 250 co-host co-hosted by myself tyler hannon and my spectacular co-host kayla and usually better grammar than this the with feeling edition means kayla's not here and instead i brought on another guest to discuss to discuss a topic outside of the 250 today lauren malisi writer and poet is joining me hi how's it going lauren Good. I'm going to try really hard not to belch while we're recording because <laughs> the Taco Bell is, is, is real. It is very real. I'd like to think we have a listener base, whatever size it is, that appreciates Taco Bell. And also editing is just a beautiful thing. True, true. Okay. I appreciate that. So you came on today uh, as one of our first episodes back after a long, uh, long time off to discuss uh, Final Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you wrote a piece for B, uh, for Birth Movies Death. Uh, you've talked on other episodes of the podcast about how much you love horror movies. And uh, I guess to start off, like, how would... I don't know. The fi- like, there's a lot to The Final Girl, I find. And there's no, like... I don't think there's any really solid definition or, like... It, it means a different thing to everybody. So how would... To start in a very basic place, how would you define a Final Girl? So if you Google Final Girl and... You got like I think the main website is like TV Tropes or something. Um, they describe her as you know being virginal, like she's like the smart, innocent one, like who like because one of the golden rules of horror is like don't have sex or you're killed immediately after. Um, but when it comes to like you look at Sydney Prescott or or Buffy um, and how that's subverted, um, I just think of the final girl just as simple as I can as the the last girl like to like to, to live while her friends die and she uses her wit and her strength and everything she fucking can to make it out alive on her own. That's kind of what I've been wrestling with as I just like in general, but also as I look into it because the final girl has been changed like the, or at least the idea of it, people have aimed to like subvert it or change it uh, so much over time that it's kind of, I don't know. It doesn't mean any specific thing. It doesn't mean like e- even when I thought it meant like you know always the the virginal one like uh, more of the Halloween, uh, Lori <laughs> Strode type Black Christmas, which I just saw for the first time a few months ago. Yes, that's is the so right well. around that same time, and it's a completely different version of the Final Girl. So like from, I, I guess not the very beginning, but like for decades, the Final Girl has meant several different things. There hasn't really been any one single definition or set of character traits that define it other than being 
final, uh, a girl. And uh-huh. I think one of the, the key thing that isn't included in that is just being a well-developed character of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I, what, what got me thinking about this was uh, your BMDP, your for, your piece for Birth Movies Death, uh, published earlier this year, um, Saved by the Final Girl, in which you uh, talk about your own experiences, why you identify with Final Girls, and um, some specific examples of the Final Girl. And uh, I guess I don't really have a specific thing I want to go off of on that piece, but... So I guess, I mean, the big thing I want to do with this, and with a lot of the thing that the conversations I have on this podcast is explore our personal experiences with the media that we consume and why they mean so much to us. Like we could talk about a broader sense, but also to like individual people. And I guess, uh, however much you want to go into it, like what is it about final girls that stands out to you? Like the ones that you specifically identify with, what, what does the final girl mean to you? Why is it important? Well, I mean, first off the horror saved me. I mean, that the genre is always going to be the most important one to me. I mean, I and I I love all movies. I love all forms of pop culture. I love I love. I just I'm addicted. But horror is just always going to be this really healing thing for me. And when I say that to people, I think it's the weirdest sounding thing. Like how is how is people die like in, like by being like murdered by some guy wearing a mask and like, healing for you? Um, and that's where the final girl character comes in. Um, for me, after um being um raped the first time I you know really had nothing to relate to no one to relate to and I felt very alone and I just kind of dove into movies and I kept watching or finding movies like on like direct tv like late at night and and finding these really shitty horror movies where like these girls are just dying and then every girl died like she like runs and then she trips and then she starts doing the limp run thing and the guy ends killing her anyway and then like no no females live and I kept finding those movies and feeling like just not really not just I don't know they would they were bumming me out even more but then like I started thinking like but I'm not that girl this a similar a very similar thing happened to me where I ran I fell I limp ran but I got away and so I kept watching these movies and trying to find that girl who got away um and that's kind of when I found Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and when I saw Sally on the back of that truck laughing, blood all over her face as she was getting away um, from Mother Face, that was like my moment of, I just remember, I just remember kind of tearing up. And even right now, as I'm like talking about it, I'm kind of feeling myself tear up a little bit. It was just this very freeing, like, like, oh, like, that's me. I did that. Like, I'm, I'm her. Um, and then I, from there, I started kind of looking up like similar movies. That's where I found Halloween and then um, and then Black Christmas um, and just I was just addicted to finding movies of final girls who are strong or powerful who use their like like Sally there's not really much she's not I want to say her character is super developed like we don't know that much about her or any of like the friends like in that group but she's I mean what makes her different is that like she fights to the very end like she is a survivor whereas like um, Nancy in a Nightmare on Elm Street uses kind of like her wit and her intellect to like fight or um, Laurie Strode kind of uses like she puts like the children first and like that's like what gives her like the will to like survive. She's to, to protect those children. Um, so I kept looking for like just different final girls and just seeing like what made them like so strong and so powerful. Um, and that kind of just gave me 
like hope and like just especially Sydney. Sydney's probably my my favorite final girl. My the one the most the one that's like probably the most special to me. Um, just because over a span of five movies, we the the everything like everything awful just keeps fucking happening to her, and yet. In the second movie, she goes to college. In the third movie, she's, you know, living in solitude, but she's on a, um, she's working for, um, like a, like a, a hotline for like victims of abuse. Oh, and then, um, sorry, did I say five movies? I meant, I meant four movies. Um, and then, and then screen four, like she's on tour. She wrote a book about like, like her trauma and she's on like a book tour for it. Like she, we get to watch her survive and cope. And with everything she's been through, through like a, like a series of films. And I love that so much. Um, like I like get tear gets, I like, I wanted to, I want, I knew I wanted to hate Scream 4. I really, really wanted to, cause I do not like Emma Roberts. Oh man. That's like a whole another <laughs> podcast episode. Um, I just can't stand her. Um, but when I saw Sydney on that book, oh my God, I just, I was, oh, like, She's she's just I don't know she's my favorite I love that we don't just like the movie ends and that's it it's like no we get to watch her like like live out more awful awful things but like she's the true definition of a survivor to me and I'm like mad that we we're not getting a scream five but actually I'm kind of glad we're not getting a scream five because they wanted to kill Sydney off finally and on like the very final scream or whatever so hopefully oh. that doesn't happen. That's that would seem like it would subvert like the point of the whole franchise. The whole franchise, yeah. <laughs> That, uh, whoa, man, I did not know that last part. I was going to follow up with most of what you said, but I didn't know about that plan. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we're not going to see that. Because, and, I mean, reading, like, reading through your piece and a lot of these pieces, like, the the strength, like, I mean, the strength is the big thing and the will to survive. But, um, I think the key part that you hit on, uh, that really, I don't know, got the empathy welling up in me is the, um, the part where she also copes and when it happens, like, and that she does it over and over again. And we also see her cope with kind of the past trauma. And it isn't just, uh, confined to this single, like, moment or series of events or, like, whatever time frame a certain movie happens in, that it's spread out over all this time. And so you get the, all these different, um, you get the, uh, the different stages of kind of surviving all of mm-hmm. that. And I, I, I hope this isn't a, a too obtuse of a way to ask this, but um, I love stories, um, real like whether they're fiction or nonfiction, and uh, while also understanding that a lot of that stuff, I just had a conversation about this earlier today, so I'm gonna try to walk because it's a very I tr- I want to speak very carefully about it, but um, while understanding that most things don't relate to me, a lot of different stories, like I find a lot of things to relate to in different stories that make me, I don't know, like emotional in many different ways. Like, obviously I am, uh, like I'm a straight cis white dude. So like, I, I, it's like in certain ways I can't relate to say the final girl in a, like, like, uh, Laurie Strode in Halloween, but there's still, I don't know, the will to survive and, um, her protection of the kids and how much she cares about them and is protecting them. Like, certain parts of that speak to me and so i have gone in a big circle what was my original question gonna be (laughs) (laughs) um okay so like i so even just beyond consuming these stories i like reading about what like why people other people love them like people who aren't me the people who are closer to them who have different perspectives um and so like in researching for the final girls for this for this um 
just finding different stories of why people relate to them. Obviously, yours is an especially harrowing story, but also other instances of women who, like, I don't know, like, again, I hope this isn't too obtuse of a way to approach this, but, like, some of the things I came across is, um, like, some women were talking about how horror is one of the only genres that allows women's fears to be real. Like it says, yeah, okay. these things are real and they're terrible and they suck. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I had another one here. Where was it? Uh, I lost it. But I mean, that's <laughs> it's, it's very, very organized. The problem with handwritten notes is that I have everything down, but it's also scribbled all over the place. I um, but I, I guess that's, that's the big one. And um, I can't, and I, I, it's not about relating it to me, but I don't know the different ways that people can relate to horror, to final girls. Like I, I have a hard time explaining why I like horror as a whole. And, um, I don't know, finding, finding out how other people are able to explain it when they're better with words than I am. Um, it's almost as, uh, fulf like fulfilling or satisfying as the actual movies themselves is finding out other people's experiences with these things. Um, if that doesn't take us too far off topic. No, that totally. Okay, that was a lot, but it makes sense. It was still <laughs> a lot, but um, <laughs> one of my friends who is super into horror and it, and it has like a way of just intellectually like and eloquently talking about it in a way that I cannot. Because sometimes I'm like, it's just really cool, and he's like, he's like, no, no, no. no. He's like, it, there's so much truth in horror. Um, and and I got I'm wondering if I can pull up the. Like if I can find the quote in my email somewhere, but he just said that, that there's so much truth. And I feel like people kind of um, like overlook that and think that horror is so unrealistic or so silly. Um, you know, like it's obviously like, you know, cause Jason Voorhees is like supernatural um, and Freddy. But, but when you really look into that and you really dissect these movies, like there's, there's something for everyone to kind of like, relate to and everyone can find themselves in in the genre like it's definitely people but i've had with my birth movie's death like i hope i'm like explaining this correctly with my birth movie's death piece i had a few uh, men like reach out to me um and tell me that they've always related to the final girl they didn't ha they didn't know that they that they, they were kind of like allowed to or that they could verbalize it like that and i was like of course you can like if you're a survivor you're a fucking survivor it doesn't matter like what gender you are um and so that was like a really awesome thing. Um, but, um, it's, I think there's something forever. I think it's extremely accessible. And I think that like, you don't necessarily like have to like, like, you know, like, yeah, sure. Maybe a straight white male like doesn't understand like, um, like maybe, yeah, maybe a straight white male doesn't understand like, for example, like the really, I, I have a lot of feelings about this. Let me use this as, as an example, like the, like the rape revenge subgenre. Um, a lot of men like make comments, like from what I've seen on like the depths of film Twitter, that is, is the most pointless, ridiculous, unrealistic like genre they've ever seen. Whereas like I know a lot of girls who think it's so feminist and like they like, they love it so much. Like I personally think it's like kind of bullshit, um, on both, like on both ways, but like it just, there's just so many different ways to like, to, to like down and to access it and to like like find pieces of yourself and to relate to it like if it's that's just what I love about it and I'm like sh like literally waving my arms up and down like you can't thank God you can't see me I'm like flailing because it's just, just get so excited about how like I love turning friends onto her I love telling them like no 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 no, no. like this this is totally for you it's just a matter of finding like the right kind 
Um, and I totally also went in a circle in the same way you did because I got excited and I don't remember exactly what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there even was a question. It's kind of just like bouncing uh, feelings around, which is, I mean, kind of the way I, I think it works. I'm a, I, um, I guess I had one thought, but then when you circled around to another point, that's now what's currently in my mind. It's like, I mean, even just on the sharing horror with friends thing and, uh, oh, I know how to tie them together. Okay. So starting with the last, last <laughs> one. So like, uh, my co-host Kayla St. Ange, uh, mutual friend, uh, well, uh, was not a horror person. And, uh, I don't know that I was the one who got her into horror, but like we have become bigger horror fans over the years, like finding stuff together, whether it be stumbling into unknowing the eyes of my mother or like watching it follows or just like finding awesome horror and becoming bigger horror fans together. And like that, that is an incredible feeling. The thing I usually come back to when with horror fandom is something you mentioned earlier when you're talking about the, like how we relate to it and everything, like no matter, even like whether it's, and some people, will say they have specific kinds of horror like they um like that they, they just can't uh they can't like they can't do certain kinds of horror not because it's upsetting but because it's because it's too silly for them like uh mm -hmm. i don't know, like aliens or anything that can't actually happen if it's supernatural or not supernatural and i don't know like mm -hmm. i find i can do any kind of horror because while there are many different things about all the different versions and uh especially like and in the filmmaking of like any different movie and many of them, like the fear is real. It might yeah. take different shapes. It might, the shapes that take, the shapes that the fear or the anxieties take might uh, be supernatural in form or might be <laughs> devastatingly real in the shape that they mm -hmm. take. But like they're all very real. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons I keep coming back to it too, is because there are all these stories. And even if it's not a story that is necessarily relatable to me at all, um, it also helps me un like understand myself better also understand the people around me better and the fears they have and like reading and talking about it with people also helps me understand other people and i just think mm -hmm. uh, watching watching horror where all these terrible things happen <laughs> makes me a better person it, my mom and i we that's our thing we we watch horror movies and we sometimes we decide to just pick like the worst rated thing we can find. Like, oh, there's one and a half stars, perfect. Or there's a two percent fresh rating, perfect. Um, and we like we watch them together, and we and yeah, we kind of I, I kind of had a similar like like thought like the other day. I was like, yeah, like I, if we, I forgot what was the last. I don't know if it was after we watched Sirens, guys. That movie was was a trip and a half. It was not a good trip. But I'm trying to think of the last one we watched where I had this thought of like, yeah, like. You know, like this, this particular movie made me feel a certain way and like it kind of made me realize a personal truth. And now I just sort of feel like I have all these new thoughts and ideas that I can contribute like in a conversation now. Um, like, yeah, like, like in a way it's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm more, I'm more like enlightened to this like certain like thought or idea or like this thing I never thought of before, like, especially with It Follows. Um, I oh that yes that's what I watched with my mom um I I love that movie so much and it's one of it's one of like the only horror movies that I can watch over and over again I'm not sure why that is um because it's very disturbing but I love watching it on repeat and um it just it made me it's also a subversion of the of the final girl she's not she's definitely an atypical final girl um but it just for me it was a very feminist movie um and it was just a commentary on just so many different things like womanhood and sex and the way women are punished 
um, in society, like for being sexual, like for me, that was my big takeaway from the film. Um, and I remember just sitting there after and just being like, all right, like I'm ready to go fight the patriarchy now. Like it was just, it was just so great. And my mom was like, yeah, I feel the same way. I was like, oh, okay. Awesome. Mom. Great. I'm glad. But yeah, so I totally agree with that. And oh man, I could easily just go off uh, like with it. It follows because I love that one too. And I don't know if it's something about the visual, like, I don't know, the rewatchability. It's just like the look, the sound. It's mm-hmm. all. And that, I find it follows especially interesting when it comes to, uh, kind of people's approach to horror because, um, that's one that, that's one that especially, I don't know if it's just because it became this kind of unexpected critical hit, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of people talking about it and writing about it online, um, try to like, pin it down to like one single thing like it's a movie about stds or um something like that and i often find that commentary like that kind of veers into very uh objective territory Mm -hmm. when one of my favorite things about like movies especially horror is that it can be very subjective like it does uh hint at all these different things and it can be about one thing for one person but another person could take away not something entirely different but like different shades of it are uh like from like like for me like the STD thing like logically makes sense like when you lay it out like oh it it functions like this um that makes sense but i didn't um i feel i feel like the commentary of that was much bigger it's not a commentary mm-hmm. on STDs so like narrowing down the discussion of it to that is reductive and ignores a lot of yeah. the other things that it gets into like um like the like you said the way women are pun- are punished se- mm-hmm. for uh, being sexual and and several several other uh um just like how young like the how young they are and separate from adults and why that their plan (laughs) yeah could go off on that for a while but um yeah i guess and one of the other things i one of the notes i had was highlighting specific final girls i don't know the i think the discussion has evolved to like bigger things than that than like going down the list of you know black christmas uh scream we could mm-hmm. still do that, I do, but a lot of those have come up. I guess one of the big thing, well, one of the things that I kind of connected to this in my brain is over the past year or two, especially, um, there's a lot of how to. It's not quite how to phrase, but like more and more, at least anecdotally, I see a uh, people making a point to celebrate and promote and talk about women in horror. Mm-hmm. woman like directing horror starring in horror and how that shifts um i don't know how that shifts the um the movies that are being made how they're being received the kind of perspectives that are being explored and i guess and i guess i kind of wanted to tie that in with like how the final girl has changed over the years and i don't know kind of exploring the idea of more woman creating horror i guess um ah. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I totally know what you mean. Okay, because it's like I don't have like a specific question about it because there have always been like uh, women creating and starring in horror, but there seems to be in this uh, a bigger wave, uh, more momentum, and people trying to specifically push that because there are a lot of male voices in horror, and um, I guess that's a very simple. Well, Final Girl, it's a woman starring in horror, and this uh, sudden recent development this recent development anecdotally of um hmm 
I totally talked myself in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't. I totally know what you mean. Early on, I mentioned how even my perspective in researching this and like diving into the final girl in recent months has changed just by realizing that from the beginning it has meant a lot of different things with like Halloween and Black Christmas, two mm-hmm. very different final girls happening a long time ago. And so, has the I guess has the idea of the final girl actually changed at all? Are we like explore? Are, is modern horror exploring more ideas of how like the place of women in the place of women, of, of like um women in horror? Um, I guess like there's this idea that it's becoming more thoughtful, more revolutionary, that, that it's evolving in some way. Is that, I, I, and I guess I'm curious, is that actually true or are we just actually more aware of it now that that's been happening all along, but just like, I don't know. Like the, I, no, that's, that's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like I'm not up to like super up to speed with like, like I want it, like I want to see raw really badly and it's like on my list, but I haven't got around to it. And that's like the one movie that everyone has been like recommending to me. Um, mm-hmm. And you had, you had had on your list, like a bunch of movies, like under that, under that little, so you made, you made a nice little outline. Um, and you have like raw, like girl walks home and girl walks home. Alone. It's girl. What's the full title of that? Girl walks, girl walks home alone at night or a something. Girl walks home alone at night. Yeah. Okay. And then like the witch, like I have not seen these. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a hypocrite for like going off about this and like not being able to like speak on it directly. Um, but I've just, uh, my excuse is that I am a, I am a, a grad student and a teacher. So I like hardly have time, but when you don't have you, time to just watch horror movies? You don't have time to just watch horror movies and spend do, your life doing I, that? No, I don't. Somehow I don't. Now that I'm home, like, I had time to watch all four new Twin Peaks episodes. So, you mm. know, um, making time now. But when you were talking about just the way women, yeah, what, like that whole thing you just said, I immediately thought of Neon Demon for some reason. Um, and I loved that movie so much, mainly because, well, when we, the, the, have you seen Neon Demon? I have. I am, like, okay. one of the few people I know who liked it. Oh, I loved it so much. It's one of my favorites. Because um, it, it, there's such, an, there's so many, oh, there's so much to take away from that movie. And I love that we, up until the very end, we are really kind of led to believe that our, our main girl is going to survive. Because um, they kind of paint it as, like, here are the, here are all the villains. And, like, she's obviously going to kill them all and, like, make it out, right? Like, duh. But then she sort of becomes a villain herself. They turn on her, and then boom, like she's killed. Like I did, was not expecting that ending at all. Um, and then, and the way it continued on for a half, like another half hour, which she totally didn't have to. But then we like, oh, when she like, like fucking throws up the eyeball. Uh, or, or no, actually, yeah, and she like, she like eats it. Uh, uh, like there's just so there's just so much to take away. Like. Oh, like I want, like I want to call it a feminist film, but I also just like just the commentary on like beauty and ideals and like how, like how women treat women. Like it's a, for me, it's a horror movie that has a commentary on how women treat women, um, which is something I would not expect from a male director. Um, and I think that I think that speaks to like yes, like now are we are we just realizing that it's always been this way, or is it becoming more and more of a thing? I definitely think it's becoming more and more of a thing. I don't think, like, five, even five years ago, there would be a movie so, sort of exactly like that. Um, but then again, you have, you have like, Ginger Snaps, which is, like, some really weird 
feminist like i keep I, i'm gonna i'm gonna call every fucking final girl movie feminist um even though it's not really a final girl movie even though you but you could sort of say it is um like that one's literally like like wolves as a metaphor for like menstruation um so it's so at the same time so it kind of has been happening but we've sort of but those are that movies considered like super underrated total b movie and so these movies that like celebrate women or our commentaries like on like girlhood tend to become these underrated like B movie type films and are kind of shelved that way. And then like the, like and then and then I'm trying to every James Wan movie ever is like oh the hero's a guy and he's like a total idiot but hooray he's so he's he's great he he survived awesome every other woman in the movie is irrelevant. Um, or I like or I feel like in a lot of modern horror the woman's like a a little bit like. At least a lot of mainstream stuff. The woman's dumb. It's her fault for investigating or going into the house or buying Annabelle or whatever the fuck. Like it's and so, but and he's a very popular director. And like so, when if you were looking at James Wan film, I don't think you would think that women are or that like the like concept of like women like being a bigger thing in horror is a thing. Um, but I, I def, but I definitely think it is, and I think it's slowly climbing to become more mainstream. I would like it to become more mainstream. Um, I just, I mean. And I, oh, I just love James Wan. I just want to have a conversation with him. I want to have a long conversation. Man, I just, and I, I, hadn't, I hadn't even thought of James Wan in that sense. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I mean, in Insidious, we have, like, um, what's her name? The really awesome, like, medium psychic lady who saves everyone's ass. Like, we have her. But in the rest of his films, it's just like, oh, all right, you go, dude. You're, you're going to make it out. I'm proud of you. And he's got Vera Farmiga right there who could star in them. Yeah, um, exactly. But, the, you know, that kind of... Th- thank you for helping me get my thoughts a little more in order because I think that has kind of um, cleared the fog in my brain a little bit. It's like, I guess the idea is we... They're, like, these movies that actually are um, focused on women and are more thoughtful have always been present, but, like, it's very rare that they're elevated to the status of um of like you know these James Wan movies now like you have those shining examples of like ha- like Halloween and Alien but it seems like especially looking up examples like it quickly drops off in there in terms of culture like the the general cultural awareness of movies that have that kind of heroin or just that or that kind of story and maybe even just by the sheer weight of people online like film twitter and and film websites making a point to talk about these movies and you know giving more money to these movies maybe like there will be more of a female presence in horror and those movies will be elevated to a point where they are easier to share and they don't have to be relegated to like a listicle about five great feminist horror movies you never saw in the 90s or something yeah um even and I, i i struggle with trying to uh i don't know trying to mark out those trends because i am not as much of a film history buff so i still have to like so i have to dive into the old stuff and try to put my my brain into like a film goer's mind then to try to compare different eras but i guess even now i don't know how these like how many of these movies will uh like in a few years how much we'll be talking about like say like so this year we got the bad batch from Lily amapur uh Karen Kusama had a segment, the well, XX in general, um, Alice Lowe at Prevenge, um, I can't remember how to pronounce her name, but uh, Raw and uh, Julia 
I can't, I can't, I can't even pretend to slaughter her, her French name. That'd be terrible. But, um, I don't know. It, it maybe this surge of people making a point to talk about these movies means we will get more because I guess there, there, like, it, it feels like there has been, for me, it feels like we have been lacking in movies like this because I find them more interesting than some of the kind of usual go-to tropes. But, um, also not forgetting the ones that were made in the past, you know, because a lot of good examples were made in the past and I just don't know about them. And I want to make a point to go back to them and appreciate them, especially when they were doing this kind of thing, when there wasn't and like this online push. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of different like ideas, uh, coalescing in the single thing. Um, so I guess, <laughs> so, so it, I'm like, ha, man, there's really no way to wrap this up in a nice, tight, final bow of, this is what we learned today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so, no, there's just so much. Like, and then I, it's funny, it's like, so while you were talking, I was just thinking about, I was thinking about the new Blair Witch movie that came out. Um, and then I, which I actually went to a theater to see, and it was great because, like, I thought it was, like, kind of, it was fun. But like not, it was nothing like you know nothing like the first film. And the first film, I feel like is all you could can totally consider that like a like she could she was almost the final girl almost. Um, and I think about yeah that was to- totally like a, like a like a I want to say female fronted like I'm talking about like a hardcore band or something. But like <laughs> like she like a woman like a woman is like the central character and she's the strong one. And she's the one who's telling all the guys that like the new stopping so fucking afraid and stuff. And that was the nineties. Um, it was not as 1999. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, so just exactly, yeah, now I'm, now I'm sitting here thinking, oh wait, no, this has been a thing. This has been a thing for a while. Um, why are we just now realizing this has been a thing for a while? And I, it's because like, a horror is a very male dominated genre and you look at slasher films and like, it's just blood and tits. Um, not all of it is, but a lot of like the old, especially a lot of the older stuff. I mean, that's what, but that's also what makes horror horror. It's very sexual, you know. Um, every every summer camp like like slasher like there's there's tons of like extended bikini scenes that we totally don't need. Um, and then like or like the the curling iron death scene in uh, sleepaway camp, um, which is a which could which I could talk about for five years because people always ask me like, do you consider her a final girl even though she's not a girl and it's like a subversion of Final in a in a way like do you, like do you do you consider I, it's like that's like a whole another like whole another thing but so it's like it's like it's, it's and that was that was with the eighties so like it's, that's that's even farther back I'm like shit people have been trying to make like these kinds of commentaries like a while um and yet like the mainstream stuff is like the super super sexualized like male dominated like like or, like in the movie Siren which is like um. I'm sure you saw VHS. Yes. Yep. Did you realize? Did you realize that every single segment in in VHS, the woman was the villain? It was the woman's fault. I had not connected that. It's been I don't I, I don't think I've seen it since it was first out. Like I rented it on Amazon and haven't seen it again since. I don't think. Every segment is a male director, and every single segment, the woman leads all the men to their deaths. Um, I don't I don't know what kind of commentary that is. Um. But I remember realizing that and thinking, oh, 
Well, I guess that's kind of, I, I was, that's kind of cool. I, I think, I think that's like, you know, in hearts, it's, you know, woman running from like a male, uh, like villain of some kind, but like, I thought it was really fucking cool of them that like every single segment, like a bunch of dumb guys like died because of like a really badass evil woman. Um, but then you have like Siren, um, which is like based on the seg- the first segment of VHS with like the like the chick with the big eyes who's like mm-hmm. I like you, yeah. So the whole film was about her, but like and it could have been a really cool concept. It's, it's a very low budget like bro movie um, about like these really sad pathetic bros, and they totally take the the badassness out of the Siren character and make her like this like sad little like like girl with like wings that flap and and that really pissed me off <laughs> um was it the because, same person who directed the short i don't know but it is the same character yeah. i mean sorry same actor same actress sorry yeah hannah fear um i don't know if it's the same director i think it might be actually does it um so, just out of curiosity does that take away from like your opinion of the initial short then like yes uh yeah. I'm trying to see. Oh, you know, it looks like it might actually be a different director. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess, I'm curious, does that take away from the short then? Because then maybe my initial read of that short was wrong, and they actually would have, it would have been a lot worse, like it would have been worse than I thought it was if it had played out any longer, and they benefited from the brevity of it being a short. I don't know. I, I love a strong female, like, antagonist as much as I love a final girl. And that is absolutely what she what what she was in the short. And in the movie, like they center it around like a bachelor like weekend type thing. They go into this like really this house and like the guy like lets her out of like the thing because he thinks she's being in prison there. But like she's not cool. She's not badass. She's like like you're supposed to like be like rooting for these dudes who like can't stop like fucking like jerking each other off like metaphorically. Like the dude, you live, dude. Oh my god, I just saved your life, dude. Dude, this is great, dude. And I was just so annoyed with how, like, bro they made it. But they really made the Siren character just, like, this, like, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely ruined the short a little bit for me. Because in the short, she she knows what she wants. She knows who she's going to kill. And then she, like, in the end, like, she takes the guy. And, like, boom, the end, goodbye, end of segment. And then in the movie, it's just like, well, like, she technically ends the same way. But it's not. This, but he goes with her because he kind of just feels bad. And it's, it's it not, sounds like the yeah. movie gives agency like back to the dudes in a way, and yes, <sighs> lots of bummer. <laughs> I know, and that just came out this year oh, or man. last year, this year actually last year. Yeah, it just came out like 2016. Like that's that's a new. So it's like so you have like these really awesome like like woohoo powerful female like in the front of these movies, and then you have oh like we're gonna we're gonna make this about this like cool female character and she's going to be the star of the movie, but she's not going to have any speaking lines and we're just going to like make her seem like this like sad little like winged person thing. Um, and it's just like, so it goes both ways. It's like, we're doing well and we're progressing. And then, and then we're like giving some dude an actual budget to make one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it is a genre film. Like, it is, like, made... The guy who made it clearly loves horror. Because mm-hmm. everything, every single scene is so predictable. Um, every, it's got every trope in there. Um, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, fuck. Like, maybe if you had a woman helping you, or a different eye, at least, if it wasn't an all-male, like, writing staff, all-male production, like, you would have gotten some, like, perspective, and maybe she would have been actually, like, 
the villain she's meant to be. So. Instead, they just handed it off to some dude, and he totally underachieved, it sounded like. Yeah. And the, there's, like, literally, like, 10, maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes of that movie is just a compilation of sex scenes. Of, like, unnecessary, like, flashbacks of sex scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, but, it's, like, like, it's like all dudes involved with this. Yeah, and and there the and you know it's a guy who made the film because the woman's on top in every single scene, <laughs> every single scene, so unrealistic. Okay, um, but like even that was unnecessary. We like lost screen time. Um, like the whole point was to give the siren like a background, but we like they don't. Instead, like we're watching this guy like while he's while the siren is singing to him, he's thinking of all the girls he's ever fucked. I'm like that's not how this works. That's not no, my at my at on thing. This is motel side. I know how sirens work. What did well, he think when he go. saw the shore? He's like, oh, those dudes had no idea what was coming for them. I can't like 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 on the short like all the guys are do- are dopey and that's why they don't get away because they're dopey. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, it's like yeah, like we're gonna live and like because like we're morons like and you. It's funny because like the whole in the beginning, my mom was like, that guy's gonna die first because he's the biggest asshole. And I hope he does. And I was just like, same. And like, it was just kind of like, no. Like, I thought it was gonna be like the short where she wins, and instead, like, oh, it's just like it's like it's almost like subverting like the really awesome fucking concept of a female antagonist and like turning it back into like a well, men always win in the end. Instead of like a subversive horror movie, it's like a revert. Like it reverted back to like a standard horror movie, which. What's the point of that? Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, I have no thought. Oh, and, well, and, and some of the other interesting information I came across, which I didn't, I wanted actual numbers to back it up. Like, so studios will always throw like money at these horror movies and these dudes making these horror movies because they, there's this kind of common conception about who likes horror movies. But in, <laughs> with, I think from 2014 to 2015, I, like, I'll have it in the, show notes but like more women purchase tickets and digital copies of horror movies than guys like they they, they're at least as big of an audience for horror movies if not bigger than the dudes that these studios are always catering to they're like oh 18 to 24 dudes gotta get all those like and really just kind of shutting off entire other audiences who are probably more likely to see their movies and just making worse movies too in the process. I'm I'm actually so surprised to hear that. Like I'm I I don't know why because actually when I because when I really think about it, most of my friends who are into horror are female. But I I have been, I've always thought of it as just like yeah like like yeah like it's it uh, directors cater to males because males are watching it primarily. But oh, and if that's like if that's if that's really like the case, like then what are we doing? That's then like what are we doing then? Maybe it's because all the people who make the horror movies and who star in the horror movies and who write about the horror movies are dudes for so long. Um, I have the link here somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it's numbers from 2014. And, like, it's pretty even. Like, there are certain, like, like dudes bought more digital copies, but women bought more, like, physical copies or vice versa. But, yeah, it was basically, like, it essentially an even split, if not leaning towards more women at least purchasing and giving money to the people who made the movies, um, which really is what the studio, like anybody, any studio or producer's 
really invested in is making money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I find, uh, obviously like I, I find the movies like horror movies made by a woman often more interesting because they're, I am so used to my own perspective. I don't want to, I don't need to see my own perspective or like my, exactly my own fears, uh, investigated anymore. It surrounds me. I am, uh, I am like the, t- the peak of privilege. I get that all the time. And so I, I don't know. I think all those stories are more interesting and there are also, there are all these perspectives we haven't seen before. So even not from my own like perspective of privilege, it's like, there are all these possible ideas that can be explored that don't just end up being like siren where it's like, Oh yeah. Someone who loves horror movies did all the same tropes a horror movie does and made a movie I've seen before. Um, like yeah. I've, I've seen raw and raw is incredible. And raw is on uh, like, it's, like clearly directed by a woman, but not in the ways that uh, I would have labeled it beforehand and ways that hadn't even occurred to me that like certain things could be portrayed on film. It's, it, it's, I don't want this to turn into me raving about a movie again. Just like, Oh, I did this and it did this, but like it, it did a lot of things that I did not expect. And it was an, incre- an incredibly unique experience in a movie theater, like legitimately unique. I haven't seen anything really like it. And I want more of that. Like, that's what I love about horror when it surprises me. Yeah. Um, and so where did this begin? <laughs> <laughs> we got excited. <laughs> that's generally what happens. Basically, okay, like stop giving all the same people money to make the same stories. Let's investigate. Like, let's, give a chance to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to see more final girl movies and I want to see more subversions of the final girl. I want to see more films like it follows. Like I will scream that into like the abyss for until I'm like blue in the face. If we can make more movies like it follows, I will be, I will, I will spend, I will just give them all of my money. I will be the happiest girl in the whole world. Um, I think that's the perfect example of like, and the, and also, and people have also said that raw is the same thing that that's the kind of the kind of like horror film like we need right now, um, as far as like everything we've been talking about goes, and like so I'm just gonna go ahead and agree with that even though I haven't seen it, um, it's just been recommended <laughs> it's just been recommended to me forty two thousand times, um, but I know I yeah it's I'm I'm still gonna I'm I'm just, I could literally spend a whole hour just detailing what was wrong with Siren like I just can't get out of my head I'm still so mad. Um, but yeah, stop give stop giving bros with no concept of like actually like how females like like fucking like function, uh like big budgets or actually that's not probably that was the movie looks like it was shot in like two, the early two thousands yet it came out last year. Um, there are, like there's so many women out there like some women writers that have like huge fucking ideas and and I see a, and I always see a lot and I always try to support it when I can but I'm like. This is a great idea. This is a great concept. This is well written. Why aren't we giving her the mainstream, like, like all of like, 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 oh, like I want it, like I like I'm trying to think of what, like, like the so, like, oh my god, like the Soska twins, Oscar Soska, mm-hmm. like they deserve to be, like, they deserve to be where James. I believe that they deserve to be where James Wan is right now. They are incredible, and American Mary is incredible, and I love everything that they're like they're like minds like come up with like they're so fucking cool um and like they're what they put out is unique um and they don't rely on tropes and they don't rely on cliche and 
um, they're just like so much fun. And I'm just like, well, why are they so severely underrated? Um, like I just, oh, um, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I forgot. I went to bring them up so like like so long ago during this podcast that I just thought of them just now. Like American Mary is also such a fucking badass like example of like another type of horror movie that we need. Um, and the Saskatchewan actually also did. They also directed one of the. Um, my God, W the WWE has these fucking horror movies called like See No Evil or something, um, and I I watched all of them. Yeah, like, the, are those the ones like starring Kane, the wrestler yes. Kane? Yes, the one that the Falcons directed is that one is so good. It's so good. It's actually oh really fun. I have to look this up. I've, like, seen the covers for all of them from my time working in a video store. <laughs> you can buy all of them on a DVD at Walmart. <laughs> I, I uh, on principle, don't go into Walmart, but that's, like, a lot of backstory and personal history. <laughs> <laughs> um, See No Evil 2. Yeah, I remember this cover. Yeah. I, I mean, never watched it. It's, yeah, they, I thought it was good. I thought it was so good. Um, And, like, a lot, I just, uh, it's just... You, there's a huge difference when there's a woman's touch on a movie. Um, and you're like, oh, that, that's weird. It's like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another example. It's like, oh, that's weird. This female character is more developed than it was in the sequel, other than it was in the first movie that was, like, directed by a guy. I wonder why that is. And they made uh, this other WWE movie starring Vendetta and also podcast favorite Dean Cain. Good oh. Dean Cain? Um, <laughs> starring The Big Show in 2015. I'm like, oh, man, I should have, I'm like, oh, I should have known these things. I did not. But, um, oh my, it's like, why, why, I don't, what good reason is there for them not to get some of the chances that these other directors get? These, like, dudes I've never heard of getting movies, and yet, like, oh, my mind is blanking on other examples of other people. Or, like, Karen Kusama couldn't get a movie made for the longest time. Or yeah. Jackie Kong, or, doesn't seem like there's any good reason, except if you make one mistake. If you're a female horror director, suddenly you don't get another chance for a while. You have to, like, earn it back by working in TV for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just in all like movies in general, like Colin freaking Trevorrow getting Jurassic World and Star Wars, but whatever. That's another topic <laughs> <laughs> that I'm very, very salty about. I, I can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess oh, we've gone. Wow, well, we've gone quite a while. All right. Yeah, yeah. I I could probably go like five more years. So. I probably could too, but fortunately, that's there. There are other podcast episodes that can be had. I'm pretty sure these episodes where, uh, where it's just me and a guest or two, and no Kayla here, is going to end up being a lot of horror. Not that she's opposed to it, but I'm like, huh, what? Uh, now I got to come up with a non IMDb 250 thing. What to do? Well, uh, I've seen 20 horror movies so far this year out of the 40 new movies I've seen or whatever. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd go with that idea. Also, like, they, they, it's just been on the brain. Like, after seeing Raw and Prevenge and all that stuff, I just want to... I want to see more interesting visions in horror and uh, also just see more women creating things, not even just in horror, because the movies... Not not to ma- generalize it too much, but I just find uh, movies made by not-the-same-old dudes to be much more interesting on a regular basis than the okay. movies made by the same old dudes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely fucking agree. All right. Well, Lauren, I think I have run out of circles to talk myself into. And out of. 
Same, same. I think I, I think I managed not to dig myself in too, too deep a hole, which is rare for me. Usually I say a bunch of, well, usually I just make a bunch of dumb jokes, but do you have any final points you'd like to make on final girls or horror in general? No, I think I think we covered everything. I my my, my I guess my final thoughts are um, if you're not familiar with the Saska sisters, I want I always want to call them the Saska twins because their ad on everything is twisted twin. Watch Dead Hooker in a Trunk. It is fantastic. It is fun. It is not like other movies, in my humble opinion. Do not watch Siren unless you want to be really mad. Um, American Mary is also great. It's really underrated if you haven't seen it. And Catherine Isbell is just like a notorious. Green Queen. Um, I don't think any other like I'm trying to think of other other cool like like I want to say when I say female friends again like I'm talking about like a band um, like movies that I'm like, trying to think of that are kind of under the radar. I watched Ginger Snaps when I was really really like high, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if that's actually as good sober. So someone should go find that out for me. Um, but, I'm a but, big fan of Ginger Snaps. I've, I've, okay. I haven't seen it in a little while, but I loved it the first few times I saw it. So then again, I'm also a sucker for movies that look like they were made in like the late '90s. Like I am a total cliche in that way. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, I love yeah, I love the way it's shot and how campy it looks. And like when she's walking through the hallway and like kind of she's like feel hot now, and all the guys are like attracted to her. Like she's lit. She literally just has like some eyeshadow on. It's like oh. It's the ones I'd mention, like some of the stuff I've seen recently that had my mind on the topic is uh, Alice Lewis, like a lot, but mostly stuff that's streaming on Shudder because Shudder pulls out a bunch of interesting small things, but Always Shine, directed by Sophia Tacall, starring an incredible Mackenzie Davis, um, Alice Lowe's Prevenge, I've mentioned like 12 times already. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's... It's a lot of great horror up there. Yeah. And most of it I have to go to a streaming service to see. It's not often that it actually hits a theater near me unless it's the indie art theater that picks up foreign films. I should probably invest in Shutter. It's five dollars a month. Is that it? Really? Yeah, just five bucks a All month. All right. I can do that. I can, I can make that. They usually they usually they add uh, they add good stuff. Pretty Shutter is not a sponsor of this podcast, although they could be if they wanted. <laughs> they could to. be. Would glad I could. They wouldn't even have to give me ad copy. I could just go on for five minutes about like, oh yeah, and uh, I guess getting paid for this would be cool. But yeah, now they uh, they added stuff pretty regularly. They actually have a podcast that they sponsor, narrated by oh. Lee Pace, that I really like. Oh okay. But um, now yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff on Shutter, and the more people that sign up for it, the more money they'll have, the more good things they'll be able to add. It's just like a real snowball effect, you know. Very true. Great. I guess I'd make a Shutter account now. <laughs> Again, okay. not a sponsor of the podcast. No, but wink, wink, wink. We're winking at you. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Thanks for joining me to talk about this and uh, what uh, talking in circles with me. Um, Thank you. What, do you have anything you'd like, again, you're a poet, writer, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote or shout out that you'll be doing soon or that you have up online that people can check out? Um, honestly, everything is, I'm at Motel Siren on everything and like my, my dot com is com, and I have like on my little read tab, like just things that are going to be published soon, um, mostly just sad poems. So, cause that is primarily what I do. So if you're into sad poems, uh, got some coming out soon. So follow me on things. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for joining me, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yes, I would love that.